Hello everyone, welcome to the Lighthouse Church Sermon Broadcast. Today we continue our series entitled Parables of the Kingdom, and this is part 5, Kingdom Economics. Today we continue to explore a series of parables that Jesus taught about the Kingdom of God. We're doing this because we want to be good citizens of the Kingdom and good subjects of King Jesus. Today we'll look at two very similar parables that Jesus taught. They are found in Matthew chapter 13 verses 44 and 45 and I'll read all texts from the New Living Translation. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. When he discovered a pearl of great value, he sold everything he owned and bought it. Here Jesus presents two things that are of great value. Firstly, a treasure of some sort. What that treasure actually is, is left to yours and my imagination. And secondly, a magnificent pearl. In both cases, the person who makes the discovery willingly sells everything they own to get it. They value what they have discovered more than anything. And in both cases, Jesus begins, the kingdom of heaven is like. He is speaking about the kingdom of God. He is explaining how significant and how precious the kingdom of God is. Gaining a place in the kingdom of God is worth more than everything we own. Now, before we go further, I think we need to ask and answer a very important question that may be on your mind right now. Are these parables some kind of sales pitch? Are they urging us to buy or perhaps earn our way into the kingdom of God. Let's answer this by reading some other things that Jesus said that I believe will answer the question. Luke chapter 4 and verse 18. Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free. Notice who Jesus is targeting here. The poor, the captive, the blind and the oppressed. If we had to pay or work our way into the kingdom, then many who are poor, captive, blind or oppressed would be unable to enter. But Jesus came to the poor, the captive, the blind and the oppressed. He also said this to his disciples, Luke chapter 12 and verse 32. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. So we see that the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God is a gift. We don't buy it. We don't earn it. We receive it. It is given to us. 
as the Apostle Paul wrote later, the kingdom is entered by faith, not by payment or by good works. Listen to his words, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. So these parables are speaking about the great value of the kingdom. But they're not saying that we have to pay or earn our place in it. We enter into the kingdom by faith in Jesus. Jesus has already paid the entry fee for us with his own blood. When we look at all these texts together, we can see that God offers us a place in his kingdom. And this is the most precious gift we could ever receive. The message of the parables is that the kingdom of God is worth far more than all of our treasures and wealth. Were we to weigh all that we have on, a, on some kind of scale that measured value, it would weigh far, far less than the kingdom of God. And this should surely change the way that we think about the value of what we have and the value of the kingdom. That's why I chose the title Kingdom Economics. Now, sadly, many of us, possibly most of us, don't fully recognize the value of the kingdom. When we do, we will be like those people in these parables. We will gladly give up wealth and possessions for the sake of this amazing kingdom. I think we can do a little test of our sense of value of the kingdom by looking at the way that we give and how we serve for the kingdom. If we give and serve grudgingly, it means that we don't really value the kingdom very highly. We don't think we're getting a good deal here. But when we know the value of the kingdom, we'll give and serve gladly. After all, we're getting the most amazing deal. We're getting the most amazing treasure for the price of a field. We're getting something so precious that you can't put a price on it. Any price is a bargain. This is kingdom economics. I mean, think about this. What value can we put on the lifeblood of the Son of God? Or what value could we put on deliverance from the oppression of the devil? Perhaps this illustration will help. Imagine for a moment a map. This map only has one border. This border separates the entire land into one of two territories. The kingdom of hell and the kingdom of heaven. You are living under the oppression of the king of hell. But then the king of heaven comes to you and offers you a way of escape to become a member of his kingdom. All you have to do is get onto the bus that he has provided. There's no bus fare. And the bus will take you into his kingdom and you will live there as a citizen of his kingdom, free from the dominion of your evil oppressor. 
What would your response be? I'm sure it would be a resounding yes. I think many of us have spiritual economic problems because we have a spiritual geography problem. We, we think that there are three kingdoms, not two. We, we think there's a kingdom of hell, the kingdom of heaven, and then the kingdom of in-between. We think that we can live in between, outside of the rule of hell and outside of the rule of heaven. If this is the case, then we may fail to recognize the amazing offer that Jesus has extended to us. We may wonder if we really need to accept it. Listen to how the Apostle Paul described our change in kingdoms. Colossians chapter 1, verses 11 to 14. We also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power, so that you will have the endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. For he has rescued us, from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Did you spot the third kingdom there? Me neither. There isn't one. You're either in the kingdom of darkness or you're in the kingdom of Jesus. If you're not in the kingdom of Jesus, then you're in the kingdom of darkness. You're under the oppressive rule of the devil. There are only two spiritual kingdoms. When we understand this, we will have a far better grasp of the incredible value of the kingdom of God. Let's for a moment go back to that story of the bus. You decide to accept the king's offer to rescue you and take you into his kingdom. But you have a question. What is the baggage allowance? How much can I take with me on your bus? His answer is nothing. This bus is for people only, not possessions. You'll have to leave your possessions behind. But don't worry. All of your needs will be provided for in my kingdom. So you think for a moment. You have quite a lot of possessions. Some don't mean that much to you, but others are precious to you. Can you leave it all behind? You realize that there is a price of sorts that you need to pay. The rescue, the citizenship, the provision, it's all a free gift. But you will have to leave your things behind. So for a moment you waver. Can I leave it all behind? Is it worth starting all over again? But then you remember the oppression that you're living under. You remember that ugly grip that the king of hell has over you. That it's eternal. Suddenly this becomes clear. You would gladly pay any price to escape this oppression. The king of heaven's offer is worth far more than everything you own. Now you're like 
the men in those parables who discovered the treasure and the pool. You'll gladly leave it all behind in order to live in the kingdom of God. Now let's read some more from Luke 12. Luke 12, verses 29 to 33. And don't be concerned about what to eat and what to drink. Don't worry about such things. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers all over the world. But your father already knows your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and he will give you everything you need. So don't be afraid, little flock, for it gives your father great happiness to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions, give to those in need. This will store up treasure for you in heaven. And the purses of heaven never get old or develop holes. Your treasure will be safe. No thief can steal it and no moth can destroy it. The people of the kingdom of the devil do not think like the people of the kingdom of the world. They are ruled by a thief and a liar. So they're always insecure. They're always thinking about possessions and needs. They're always afraid of losing what they have and of being unable to meet their needs. But once we are in the kingdom of God, we are ruled by a loving shepherd who is a generous provider. We no longer live in fear and insecurity. The lying thief has lost his grip on us. So we can live fearlessly. We can give generously instead of storing up earthly wealth, which cannot be taken into the next life. We start storing up heavenly wealth, where that treasure that doesn't decay and no one can steal. Friends, we who are citizens of the kingdom of God are the most privileged people on earth. The poorest of us already has what the richest person couldn't buy. This is the value, the privilege, the treasure of the kingdom of God. When we understand this, our thinking about worldly wealth and possessions changes dramatically. Let me close on a practical point. When you and I are rescued from the dominion of darkness and brought into the kingdom of Jesus, our actual physical situation didn't change. Things still look the same. So our change in kingdom can be hard for us to recognize sometimes. We can forget that we've changed kingdom. If you move to another country, things look different. So it's hard to forget that you're living in another country. But spiritually speaking, the people of the kingdom of Jesus live in, on the same streets, in the same buildings, as people, as the kingdom of the devil. If you remember the parable of the wheat and the weeds, Jesus explained that we will have to live together until the end of the age. So we have to renew our thinking. Things may look the same, but they aren't the same. We need to regularly remind ourselves, we are now citizens of the kingdom of heaven. We have been rescued from the dominion of darkness. So we shouldn't think in terms 
of world economics anymore. We shouldn't live with fear and insecurity about the future. We shouldn't live like the unbelievers all around us, hanging on to what we have while trying to get more. Instead, we should live with peace of mind, knowing that God knows our needs. We should be generous, knowing that God is our provider. We should be happy to make sacrifices for the sake of the kingdom of God, knowing that the kingdom is worth far more than anything that we may give or leave behind. Friends, living the ways of the kingdom of God can be difficult in a world where the devil rules so many people around us. Advancing the kingdom of God can be even more difficult. So there will be times when we will have to pay a price of some sort. When we pay that price, let's remember that our kingdom has a different set of economics. The kingdom of God is worth far more than our greatest sacrifice. And our God is more than able to meet all of our needs. Amen.